Hey beautiful and welcome to this week's episode of the Get Confident podcast. We have an incredible episode ahead for you with our guest Dr. Wendy O'Connor. Sounds so fancy. You are going to love her. This episode is all about happiness, about fulfillment, about overcoming fears, getting real with the thoughts that happen inside our head and realizing that hey they're not all they're cracked up to be and we can actually have a relationship with them and not believe all the negative things that our mind tells us. Such a good episode. You are going to love it. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Get Confident Podcast with your host, Janelle Hosking. You're here to create career confidence, financial freedom, and abundance for yourself in 2024. You want to progress in your career through employment or starting your own business, and I am here to help you every step along the way. In this podcast, we talk mindset, strategies, practical tools, and frameworks to help you achieve your goals now so you can live a fulfilled life. Welcome to the show. Wendy, I am so happy to have you on the podcast today. Before we get into it, I think it's really important that we kind of set the scene, let people know a little bit about you, some of your stories. So why don't you tell us some highlights and even some lowlights that have led you to being in this stage of your work and of your life? Sure. I'm so excited to be here. And it's funny because when I'm asked this question, it's always like, where on earth do we start? Like the day I was born, <laughs> <Totally>. or <the> <laughs> day I, <laughs> my first crush or my first heartbreak, where are we starting? So where I'll start is professionally. So mm-hmm. I am a positive psychologist and success coach for female entrepreneurs. This came about um, years after I started my clinical practice as a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. I ended up having three daughters, 15 months apart. I had three girls under two. I had a beautiful, thriving business. It was successful. It was impactful. It was meaningful, all the things. But as soon as I had my girls, I started to really feel a shift. Mm -hmm. And I just had, as you would imagine, less energy less stamina. I felt, I started to feel more disconnected from my original passion and mission. It just felt like, oh, this isn't feeling right anymore. Like if you've ever Mm -hmm. felt that way, it's like, I'm doing all the things I was doing, but why Mm -hmm. aren't they feeling right? Like, why aren't Mm -hmm. they feeling as valuable or meaningful or like, I'm not getting the reward I used to get out of it. What's different. Mm -hmm. And so much was different at the time, but basically what I ended up doing was a major pivot in my career. So I took a business that for a lot of people, they leave businesses or jobs that they, you know, can't stand or aren't working, and they make a decision out of this like urgency that something's got to change immediately. Yeah. But for me, it was more of like this gradual realization that my business that I grew from from nothing to something great just wasn't lighting me up anymore, mm. and that it, the as soon as I stopped resisting that as a good enough reason to pursue a different path. Then all of a sudden I was like, let's go. Mm -hmm. I dropped into studying positive psychology because at the time I felt like with my three girls and my business and all the responsibilities of life, I was surviving. I was not thriving. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, I've taken people from significant depression and anxiety to a place of really functioning well, but I felt like my calling was more so led by my personal journey, which was I wanted to start taking people from surviving or functioning to really thriving. Mm. So then I made this major pivot in my career where I started to close down my clinical practices. 
And I launched this coaching practice that's like the wild, wild west (laughs) and started to just give myself that permission that it doesn't have to be awful to change. It doesn't have to be rock bottom to shift. It was enough for me to just feel like, you know what? I think this chapter is coming to a close. Mm. I think this chapter is pretty complete. And there's something else that's pulling me forward in a different direction. That's what I chose to pursue. So here I am several years later now as a positive psychologist and success coach. And so for me, what I teach entrepreneurs is really about the quality of life experience that we're after. It's not necessarily about how many sales you made or how many clients you have or how many offers or groups or programs. Mm. It's about what you're doing. Does it truly match how you want to feel every day when you go through your life? Does it really reflect the freedom that you got into entrepreneurship for? Does it really reflect the meaning and the purpose that you know feels so important to you? And so now I, I coach women on how to design their best lives that feel meaningful and purposeful, successful and happy. Oh That's my gosh. That's my nutshell. There is so much in that nutshell. I just want to like crack it all away and go into all of it. Oh my gosh. So just, just quickly in terms of like the, the clinical psychology versus the positive psychology, can you just give some insights into like positive psychology and, and I guess some, some keywords or elements that might be included in that? Yeah. So if we think about clinical psychology, what I really practiced at the time was cognitive behavioral therapy. So your listeners may have heard about that. Mm -hmm. Cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, really a fantastic approach to treating anxiety and depression, really going into our cognitions, changing the way we think, changing the way we feel, behavioral activation, getting into our bodies, taking action, doing things to change our state. Okay. Mm. That's more of the clinical experience. I still use it every single day. CBT is invaluable. It's an incredible tool. It's amazing for just daily life. You don't need to have anxiety. You don't need to have depression. You don't need to be going through crisis. It's just so helpful to have Mm. awareness around using tools to optimize the way you think or optimize the way you feel or to really gain like perspective, which sets us free from feeling trapped in triggers and things like that. So that's more of the clinical space for me. And it was really focused on anxiety and depression, major life transitions. Positive psychology is all about the science of happiness, what it means to feel good, to live the good life, what it means to thrive, to flourish. Mm -hmm. And so this shift for me felt so natural. It was like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Like, not only do I want to master thriving in this chapter of my life, but I also want to teach others how to as well. So Mm. positive psychology is very obviously like optimistic, hope oriented, solution focused, goal oriented. It's really about how do I take myself from where I am today How do I celebrate all that's going well, but how do I give myself that permission to like, maybe turn it up a little bit, maybe love my life a little bit more, maybe have more positive, positive emotions, have more fun, feel more engaged in my life, turn up the dial on meaning Mm -hmm. or my vitality, my physical and emotional and mental health. So it's really this idea of we, we get to, and this is always what I say, we get to, we get mm-hmm. to live better if we want to, mm-hmm. we get to thrive if we want to. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get, I get comments about that for sure. Like, oh, this is the toxic positivity BS that, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's really not though. This is actually the science of what it means to flourish. And so it's not mm-hmm. about pretending everything's amazing and perfect all the time. It's about just using these tools to elevate your life experience. Mm. I think that that permission piece is, 
such a a huge part of it that for some reason, um, I don't know, it's like we feel like we we need to struggle. The struggle is necessary, you know, whether it was something that was ingrained in us and when we were little or just because that's what we saw. But we always feel like, um, you know, this is my life and this is the way it is and it is what it is kind of thing. And it's it's tough and it's hard and it's a grind and it's a struggle. And the like like you say, it's it's a choice and it's probably oversimplifying it. But you know, when it comes to giving yourself permission when you have clients come to you who are employees and they are wanting to explore entrepreneurship for the first time, but they have those fears and they, I guess they, they clearly need to give themselves permission. How would you guide them through that? Yeah. Permission is probably the biggest piece that I coach on every day, no matter what stage of your career or business you're in, it's often about permission. So whether you're leaving corporate world and you want to start your own thing or you're started your own thing and it's just not feeling the way you want or as successful as you want, so much comes down to giving yourself permission, permission to set boundaries, permission to set, to say no, mm-hmm. permission to say yes to yourself, permission to feel the fear and move anyway, go anyway, do it anyway. So when it comes to fear, and this is so funny and that our timing is incredible too for this. I actually just happened to create a post around how I stopped letting fear hold me back because Mm. we think that fear is this warning sign that we're off to something wrong or bad. We shouldn't go that way. Like heed the warning. Fear is coming up. This must mean it's not the right decision. Mm -hmm. But what we see more often than not is that fear is simply just a messenger. And for me, the way I choose to interpret that is that fear is often the messenger telling me that I'm on the right track, that I'm doing something a little scary Maybe I'm leaning into my edges a little bit more. Maybe I'm stretching myself. Maybe I'm uh, building my capacity. Maybe I'm taking a risk, but that that doesn't mean that I'm on the wrong path. It actually means I'm leaning into something that I could really find amazing or could be an incredible next level for me. Mm. So how I coach my clients through that is to change their relationship with the fear. We can't expect that green light means no fear, go. Red light is in response to anything you're afraid of. The what ifs you're going to fail. What if you can't figure it out? What if you look stupid? What if people judge you? Yes, yes, yes. All of those things will happen. They will all happen. You will have missteps. People will judge. People won't (laughs) like it. Like this is just the truth. So if we looked at fear differently, we changed the way we respond to fear. That's what really sets you free to actually get closer to what you're really about and what you want. Oh my gosh. I love that. Like you have just summed that up so nicely for me personally, when I think of fear and what I've, I've coached some of my clients through is really like sitting with that fear and doing exactly what you said in terms of like, well, what is this really? Like, yes, this is just, uh, um, this is, uh, like not a warning sign, but you know, this is, what was the word you said? It's totally gone out of my head, like a, like a signal of sorts. And you get to choose what it means. And I'm always like, what if that fear is actually excitement? Like we can't tell the difference really in our body between the two. So what if you just hacked it and said, actually this fear I'm feeling 
because there's no lion chasing me. Like there's nothing. It's not actually something to be afraid of. That's that's real a th- real threat in front of me. It is most likely those thoughts inside my head. Instead, how if, like what if I can turn that into excitement and really lean into that as the I guess the the pathway or the guiding light to kind of get you through and help you explore that. So you did yes. mention. Thank you. You did mention a few. (laughs) Well, it made me think, honestly, you just made me think of how I coach my daughters through this. So this is fun. (laughs) This is is different. It's not the way I coach my clients through it, but it's similar. It's like my daughters will say to me, mommy, I'm so scared, whatever they're going to do, whether it's a dance competition or gymnastics meet or something that's challenging for them and out of their comfort zone. And they'll say, mommy, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And I'll be like, do you feel those butterflies? And they're like, I feel the butterflies. And I'll say, those butterflies are actually super excited about Mm. what you're about to do. Mm. So they just have a lot of energy and they want to move forward. They want to like get out. They want to go. They want to make this happen. Mm. So if we think about interpreting the the scared butterflies as actually the excited, energized butterflies, Mm -hmm. now we're going to have a different relationship with that feeling inside of our bodies. And then they would, they, I'd be like, and my husband will say to them, get your butterflies in formation. He'll tell them to get their butterflies in formation so that they're ready for this task. And it actually has an incredible benefit to them. They love it. They're like, I'm getting my butterflies ready. And it's like, oh, interesting how you were experiencing a sensation that you thought was just happening to you as the victim of your life. And then as soon as we create this mindset shift, now you're you're the leader of these butterflies and you're guiding them into how you want to feel in response to having this experience and sensation. So it's Mm. really cool. Mm. That is so beautiful. And that's absolutely the way I'm going to interpret it for my children one day when I start a family. Like I think that the whole concept around identifying the feeling being the butterflies, right? Because that's what happens when you're a kid. You, You do identify it as butterflies, but then as you grow up, you're like, oh, I'm just scared. It's just fear. It's just anxiousness in my tummy. And it's like, no, that's still the butterflies. Like, oh gosh, it's gorgeous. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you mentioned before some of the fears that that people have when they are on this path that isn't quite aligning with them anymore. I also love how you um, spoke about the the differences between like the urgency of like this has to end, this has to change now, um, which which is very real. Like what we are experiencing here in New Zealand, we've just had a change of government. I'm now having conversations with quite a few clients or even past clients saying, Hey, I just got made redundant today. Like the, the business that I was working on with you needs to go now. Like it needs to get going, you know, and start making some money now. Um, and there, there is that sense of urgency there for them. And then on the flip side, you know, like you say, there's, there's that gradual for some people as well. So in both those instances, and feel free to separate them out if you want to, what are some of the biggest fears that you see and how, or like, what are some of the fears? And then what are some of the the reframes to help mm-hmm. people, you know, someone listening who may be experiencing either of these journeys to, I guess, release that fear? Mm-hmm. So the, so there's one scenario, which is the urgent scenario. The yeah. second scenario is the non-urgent scenario. Yeah, just the gradual, okay. like, like what happened with yeah. you? Like how I did. Yeah. Okay. So with the urgent scenario, here's my take on urgency. There's no time for fear. Mm-hmm. There is no time to be distracted by the fear. If there's urgency, it's go time. 
if there's urgency, it's about focus. It's about direction. It's about execution. It's about conviction. So it's really in those moments of, we got to get this off the ground. I need to make money. I need this to succeed. This is my, I'm hanging everything on this idea, this, this business, this, mm. this, this passion, this excitement of mine. it has to work when there's urgency. It's okay. Our relationship with fear is now going to be fear. You're going to be here, but I do not have the time to like entertain you or argue with you or dis. I just need to move forward. So mm. you're going to be here, but you're taking like a way back seat on this bus. <laughs> Because I can't be distracted with my mm. GPS. I need mm. to focus on moving forward. So the beauty of urgency, the reframe, I would say, the beauty of urgency is that it's just all systems go. Like there's no room for fear to get in my way because it's too important that this works. When it's too important that this works, we get laser focused. We get tunnel vision. Mm. We get just like, just tell me what's going to make it happen. Mm. Done. Now we're like just we're, we're pulling ourselves forward very deliberately. Mm -hmm. So that's the reframe with urgency. You don't have time to get distracted in fears, like, and let that not be something that's scary. Like, oh my gosh, I don't have time because it's so urgent. It's more like, no, no, no. We're just going to like cut the, cut the chase, cut to the chase here. We're going mm -hmm. to like take the edge off. We're going to take the cream off the top and we're going for the gold. Mm -hmm. Let's get focused. And so it's almost like this freeing experience where there isn't this, not laissez-faire, but there isn't this more relaxed approach to what's next. And because of that, you can be very productive and very <laughs> successful and, and have growth very quickly because mm. you're extremely motivated, mm. right? And yes, fear is a big motivator. So you, we can just use it to our advantage and not let it distract us, but you can let it fuel your gas tank. Do we want to always use fear to fuel our gas tank? Hell no, right? This yeah. is not the goal. The Short goal term. is not to wait till everything in life is just awful before you leave the relationship, awful <laughs> before you change. It's like, no, no, that's not the vibe. Mm -hmm. But if there's a time when things shift pretty abruptly and you need to pivot and you need to have the wherewithal to know what's next for you, let fear fill some of your tank. Let that be something that drives you and moves you forward because time is of the essence. So that's, the urgence scenario, mm. the non-urgence. And so it's just like knowing where to put your fear. Your fear is always going to be a passenger on your bus. It's mm -hmm. like, are you next to me? And you're going to kind of inform me and like, I'm going to have this like playful relationship with you. Or are you being like you sent to the back <laughs> and urgency? You're going to the back. You're going to the last seat in the bus. Sorry. We'll revisit this later. In terms of the the urgency that literally happened to me where I was one week left of my savings before. So this was like first got into my business. I had six months with the savings, um, had, had a couple clients, all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't quite where I needed it to be. I got to the point where I had one week left of my savings that I was living off. Um, so like one week left of a mortgage payment. And then at this point I was back at zero and I was screwed and I had to get a job or whatever, who knows. But that to me wasn't an option. And so then within that one week, I don't know, how it happened but that fear was like uh 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 like my guess my relationship with the fear was like uh uh, uh. like this is not happening you are not failing you are not giving up you are not going to get a job yet like let's do everything we can this week in one week I got nine new clients <laughs> like how can you, you imagine know? yeah that's it's amazing been, it's been five and a half months <laughs> 
dabbling and, you know, doing things and getting a few clients and whatnot, but it wasn't anywhere near where I needed it to be. And then as soon as that urgency really came on, we get shit done, you know? And so agreed, that's not something you want to do because I've, I've dabbled with the thought of like, do I just constantly live like this? And it's like, no dude, like that's not healthy. You don't want to sit in fight and flight mode. Um, not good for your adrenals or self-care or anything. Um, but it was super helpful at the time. So, um, I definitely on board with that. The, the fear goes to the back and you just do whatever you got to do to get where you need to go. That's right. You do what you need to do to get where you want to go. And a way that you can use this type of tool without needing the urgency and needing this intense fear is just by goal setting. This is why I think it's really helpful. The months that I set goals on whatever it is I'm trying to progress on, whether it's personally or professionally, but if I set goals that I'm checking in with myself about, and there's a deadline and the deadline's arbitrary most of the time. I made totally. it up. It's not like <laughs> my health will be taken away. But you still get to have that fun and playful energy around success from a place that's not, you're not, you don't feel like you're going to lose something of, of, of security if you don't make <laughs> or hit the deadline. But you still get to have that mentality around, oh, can I hit the deadline? Can I surpass mm-hmm. the deadline? Can I, can I hit that goal? Like that just keeps you invested without keeping you fearful. So that's one way that it's like one hack that you can use this type of energy to accelerate your results, but you're going to be doing so in a way that's really non-threatening to you and your survival. It's more of a fun way to play with it. Like I've had days that I will literally just be like, wouldn't it be really fun if I just brought in 10K today or 20K today or a new client today? Or like, wouldn't it just be fun because I have this idea, then it's like, well, what would it take? So what kinds of things do you talk about or offer or put out there or email or discuss or all of a sudden an entire conversation of like practical actions Mm. that I would not have thought about on any other day, unless I chose to were Mm. right there to support this idea, this like fun, random idea. So when you make goal setting or achievement or success fun, and you put fear in its place, Mm. it just gets to be a really enjoyable experience. Okay. When we go like all the way up and all the way down and hit rock bottom and lose our house and all the things, it just takes the fun out of why we're doing this to begin with. You don't want to get a job again because you want to be an entrepreneur. So let's make entrepreneurship as fun as humanly possible Mm. with the scenario of the more like casual, gradual experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really going to be about taking each of those fears, whatever they may be, because they're different for everybody, but there's some common themes like fearing failure, fearing judgment, fearing looking like a fool, fearing that you can't handle it or figure it out. It's taking those fears, I I believe, like one-on-one, just face-to-face and be like, what's this real fear about? Mm. Why does this exist for me? Is this my story that I kind of approach every new thing with? Is this something that kind of has haunted me for a long time? Is this one that's unique to this situation? What does it mean? Where does it come from? So like, it's just kind of almost befriending the fear. It's like, okay, you're visiting me. Is there something you need from me? Like, what do you want? What, where are you coming from? But then getting to that place after that, that you're like, okay, well, what do I, how much do I want my fear to guide me and direct me? And how much do I want it to just just listen up, just follow instructions, just kind of chill out a little bit. So you have more time to take each of your fears and to like explore them with curiosity. Mm. But then you also have that more time to create evidence 
that goes against the fear. So the more time that we have to start, for example, when I left clinical and I was starting coaching and I was thinking how I wanted to empower women all over the world to choose a thriving life. There were people in my life that were like, so that you're going to leave this, this like stable, (laughs) secure, you know, predictable, incredible practice you've taken years to build. And you're going to go help. You're just going to go tell people you're going to coach them to be happy. Like you're just going to, okay. There was this, and I thought, well, yeah, I know it could kind of sound odd. Okay. I get that. That's okay. Your judgment is it's my life, right? At the end of the day, like you do you. But there was also this time I had to figure it out. And so the more time you do have to figure it out, the more evidence you get to create for your brain to chill out. What if it doesn't work? Well, look at that. I just got my first client. It's working. Mm. Well, what if you're going to fail? Well, look at that. I took this misstep and it didn't kill me. It didn't break me and I'm back. Okay. So we start to create a relationship that's a back and forth, not a one-way fear street. Mm. And that makes a really big difference for when we think about sustainability of your business and your success. Oh, absolutely. What do you think about the the fear of success and building a, a relationship or, you know, a two-way conversation to dispel that fear? Yeah, this is such a good question. Is this a fear you've had in particular? Because I've had this fear. <laughs> so I've I, had this fear. Yeah, I had this when I was still employed full-time. Like I was running woman circles um, outside of my full-time job and we were sat there there was like 10 of us women and we were all going around and we were talking about trust and I just blurted out like I'm scared of success and I was like holy shit did I like is that real like do I actually feel that and like it was so real for me and it took me I don't know four or so months to to get clear from that so um yeah curious because I know like lots of I've had many conversations in the past two years since of women experiencing a fear of success more so than a fear of failure yeah oh interesting so Mm. it's funny because I still hear more about a fear fear of failure than success which is why I asked you because I still feel like ooh, it's like that's how I felt like that's so interesting it feels like more of a unique fear wow and So for me, that was a big one. I Mm -hmm. was just the day way back when I had my clinical practice, you know, my husband's like, what are you going to do with the, how are you going to grow the business? Like, how are you going to get your patients? And he's like, why don't I create for you? He was at the time a software engineer. Why don't I create for you like a Facebook page and you can have your business. And so he creates the page and I'm not kidding when I tell you it lasted maybe 20 minutes before I took that down. I was like, no, I don't want people to see me. (laughs) I don't want to be known. I just want to hang my anonymous shingle and have people scurry in and have, I want to make an impact and change people's lives. And I want them to go back and I don't want any, I don't want it to be a thing. I don't want attention for it. Mm. And so this was such a, this has been such a challenge and such a growth experience for me. And I realized that part of my fear was just succeeding. And when I explored what that fear was, Wendy, why would you be scared of success? Isn't that what you're after? It was more so the fear of like, well, then what? Like, then I have something to lose. Mm. Then I have something that could be taken away. Then I have something that's, that's just out there and I can't take it back. I can't, once it's out there, I can't like retract it and like make it my little thing that's private and like cherished. Now it's going to be a big thing. That's people have opinions and judgments. And it was just this idea for me more so of being visible. And I really didn't want to be visible. I just wanted to make impact without being seen. Mm. And then I switched to the coaching world, really not thinking about how necessary the visibility (laughs) piece was. And I just, I was just a fish out of water. And so Mm. that fear 
really, it's like what you figure out once you create success is the then what, or the, it's just, you just figure out the next level. Like it's just your next level. It's just your next level. And it's just, you never reach this place that you're just like, oh, I got here. I'm at the destination. I'm at the peak of the mountain. Like, this is it. I can come back down. It's like, what's the next peak? What's the next iteration? So it's not actually scary up here. Like that's Mm. something I want to share. It's like success actually isn't scary once you're creating it. It's because Mm. you adapt and because Mm. it becomes normal to you. And because then your mind wants to stretch and choose like your next goal or milestone Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. variation of who you are. And so it doesn't feel scary anymore. I think for me, it was the the biggest fear was like the unknown of success. What does it really mean? What does it mean about me? How vulnerable and open do I need to be? How much do I need people to judge me? And like, what, what's entailed? Yeah. Mm. It's not, it's not scary like that. Like you thought. Mm, Absolutely. And I find that too. I find that you're like, I, I still feel elements of fear, but it's like, it's different because it is a new level, you know? And because you've built out so much proof now and so much validation now that you're on the right path, that you're doing the right thing, that you're where you're meant to be. It's like, okay, cool. Like this is just the next level. This might take me a month or so. And then I'll be at the next level. Like it's, it's kind of like that personal development journey. You know, I got into personal development when I was 18 years old. That's over 10 years ago now. And I still, every single freaking day, and learning shit about myself and that journey is never going to to end you know and so it's just like the there is no destination because once you get like once you achieve that goal once you get to where you thought your destination was there's still like you'll have new dreams new aspirations it does not stop and right. i think it would be so boring if it did you know i i think of um I guess the thing that I've experienced has been seeing people talking about like retiring really early and, and then just having all of their, their days free and amazing, you know, financial abundance and stuff. But in my mind, I'm like, if you're not then doing some form of maybe like philanthropy or like helping others, then like what out, that would be so boring. You know, I just want to keep leveling up. And so I guess I'm grateful and you might feel this too for the work that I do I don't even want to retire from this. Like, I love this. This is so freaking fulfilling. And I get to pay my mortgage. How good. Right? <laughs> like, how amazing is that? I completely agree. And I just <laughs> had a conversation with my husband, Todd, the other day where it was like retirement conversation. I just said to him, I have to be honest, like this may sound weird, but I just don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't see the retirement. I don't see why I'd want to. I don't see why I couldn't and wouldn't do this forever in some variation. Mm. Not exactly how it's being done today at this time in my life. This there'll be a different chapter for in different seasons. But why would I? I, I love this too much. It brings so much. It's like to have a life. This is how I feel about it. And it always gives me chills when I think about this way. It's like to have a life where you have two major main, like main senses of purpose. Mm-hmm. I have my personal purpose, which is to really create and protect a healthy, happy, thriving family mm-hmm. unit. My girls, my husband, my family. That's my personal purpose. To have mm-hmm. that purpose feel so aligned with how I live. Plus, to have a professional purpose That's to empower women to give themselves permission to take the reins on their lives and design them how they want. 
Like this just feels like the lottery. So for me, it just, it's like, why would I stop? Why wouldn't I do this? It's be, it's beyond grateful. It's just like so aligned. It's just so natural. It's so meant to be. So why would I retire at whatever age, just because it's the time it's like, no, like imagine everyone out there. Imagine everyone listening created for themselves, not only their personal purpose, but their professional purpose that they just never wanted to retire from. Like mm -hmm. that's the most incredible gift you could give yourself. Mm -hmm. That's funny. You say that well, I've actually just been, um, we, we've teamed up a, a local group of business owners and we're doing a professional like training series throughout this year. And I got teamed up with a, like, um, a wellness coach and her and I are doing our talk all around purpose, professional and personal. So that's incredible Amazing. that like you've just brought that up now, the synchronicity in that. I'm like, hmm, okay, clearly that's I a really that. good topic for us to be talking about at the speaker series. Yes, it's a fantastic topic. <laughs> it really is something that a lot of women will come into my world and say like, I want life to feel more meaningful or I don't know what my purpose is, but I know I have something in me. Mm. It's like, how do you bring that out? How do you get, how do you let that shine? How do you give yourself permission to explore that mm -hmm. without feeling, you know, judgmental about it, but truly just curious and excited about what that could be. Mm. Purpose is such a great topic. I love it. It's really fascinating because I think if I think of the mentors that I've had over the past few years, there's a real split between like this masculine energy of it being about the money and the wealth creation that you're building. And that's like the driving force is more money. And then there's this other side of this, um, this more feminine, like, purpose connection more like holistic view on life and just general need for fulfillment meaning and and happiness and it's really amazing for me I guess when you look online seeing what certain people and businesses are portraying whether they're more in that mindset of showing their their wealth like financially that they've built through their business or their life fulfillment and absolutely what you said I love speaking to women who are wanting to start businesses and hearing their motivations and for the most part what I've noticed is that the money is solely to keep paying the bills that they already have you know so it's not like I want to be so rich that you know I can go buy a yacht it's like I just want a business that can afford me to still get paid what I've been paid in, in employment but to give me more time and more freedom so then I can create more meaning and fulfillment with my family and, and in my lifestyle and I think that's so beautiful you know mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a whole different way like I, I was creating this course last year and I had a friend of mine help me with some of the messaging for it. And I'd put in there something about money and she's like, no, like we don't, we don't want that. We want meaning and we want fulfillment. And she was like my target customer, which is why I was getting her to help me with it. Um, just so I could use her words. And it was just a real light bulb moment for me that mm. for people business or like this idea of getting into business isn't always about the money and quite often is about like the money is just the bonus and and the benefits really that time and fulfillment do you notice that as well you know it's funny because I there's absolutely many people who are what I think of as the heart of these industries the heart mm. of it like the heart of just I have a passion I have a calling I have a gift I want I want to serve it's about the meaning it's about the purpose and then I find that the women that I really, and this is me too, this is probably why these are the women that are in my world a lot, is I actually want both. Yeah. Want incredible meat. So it's not like you have to choose. And this is an important 
distinction for people. I have worked with a lot of women who will feel like, you know, I really want to build wealth and, but I don't want that to seem superficial or selfish or like meaningless or purposeless or not, not of the right spirit. Mm. And I will always say you could have it all. Why can't you create incredible impact, change the world, change people's lives with them every day and create a legacy for your family forever Mm. and get the damn yacht. I can't say I want a yacht. I don't want the yacht. It's just too big. I can't drive it. I don't know, but it's, and I'm just not a boat person. Fine. So the yacht's not exciting to me, but it wealth is a value of mine. It's actually a core value of mine. And I, when I realized this in my journey from transitioning to a, a career that was like languishing for me and not really lighting me up anymore, just designing something stitch by stitch Mm. that was going to reflect who I was Mm. coming to terms with my values and learning how to apply those values into this next business was of utmost importance because I did not want to wake up one day either with buttloads of money, but like no skin in the game and not care and not having the heart because what Mm. am I doing? It's a waste of time. My life is not meant to be spent that way. Mm. And I didn't want the other that I'm all heart, but I'm not actually creating something I really value, which is changing my, my family's story for the future. So for me, it's like, I, I absolutely see and, and, um, witness the women that are all, all the whole heart. It's just like the money's a bonus. That's so cool. That's like the whipped cream on top. Mm. And there are the women like me that are like, we can have it all actually. And mm-hmm. not nothing's better than the other. Mm-hmm. It, it's what we value most. That's going to make us happiest. So if we value just heart and like, that's the prominent motivator for us, mm-hmm. it's an absolutely beautiful, gorgeous thing. And if we value this plus this piece of it and can continue to create aligned impact and success and happiness, it's like, bring it on. <laughs> I, I, I so hear you. And and I think like that, that is, in, in, um, that is very important and it's a benefit of working for yourself. Like I love that concept of designing your life stitch by stitch and bringing all the pieces in together. Um, do, what do you think about, the I guess people or you know someone listening who's in this place where they're currently employed and they're wanting to start a business maybe they like have an inkling of an idea but what's stopping them right now is this thought that no one will pay for whatever it is that is on their heart you know like I've had so many people um when I first started coaching, be like, people pay you for that. Like, that's a thing people, people pay for and people will pay for. And I'm just like, should you like, absolutely. Because you're, you know, you're, there's an exchange there. You're seriously helping to change their lives. But I know that when someone's just at the start of their journey and just kind of starting to explore things or even just, you know, having thoughts in their mind, it can be really easy to catch yourself um, or to have that negative thought pop in. That's like, no one will pay you for that. You know, what what do you say to a woman who's experiencing that? Oh, I just let them know straight up. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's just BS. It's all, it's just a story. Like, oh, there's that story. Okay. It's almost like, imagine you're about to pursue something that's scary. And then all of a sudden you just to notice like a swarm of flies, like these flies are just like bothering you. They're just flying around your head. It's like, what are the flies? Well, one is that no one's going to pay me. One is that it's not going to work. One is I'm going to be judged. One is it's going to fail. One is I'm going to succeed. It's just another fly. It's just another swarming fly. They're harmless. 
they, they mean nothing. They're just your safety brain trying to keep you playing small for survival. Mm -hmm. Your brain is not your cheerleader. It's your lifeline. It wants you safe. It wants things predictable. It does not want you to take risks. This is just normal. So for the woman that has that, that, that fear of no one's going to pay me for that, you know, I'm telling you, if we just took five minutes and we looked at what people are spending money on, the amount of thousands of dollars people would pay for a couple of hours at a Taylor Swift concert, yeah. the thousands of dollars people pay for, I mean, you could, you've seen it, you've, you've witnessed it when there is a value that, and you can help somebody solve a problem or get to a, a, a happier, healthier, wealthier, more meaningful period of their lives. When there's value there and you solve someone's problem album, they'll pay anything. And not that you should charge anything because someone's going to pay for it. It's not that it's just, we have to stop allowing ourselves to second guess our talents and our gifts and what we bring to the world. And the reason I think one of the reasons I think this is tricky is because again, in the wild, wild west of this world that we're in, there's no real protocol for what to charge, how much to charge, what's reasonable, what's not. And that is really, I believe, just a journey of self-trust. It's mm -hmm. really just a journey of self-trust. It's trusting yourself to decide that whatever feels right to you or sounds okay, or maybe a little bit of a stretch, but you're not terrified, that you're going to learn from that experience. And either you turn it up or you turn it down or you change it. And there's mm -hmm. just no threat to you. Mm -hmm. The fear that someone's not going to pay you for something does not have to be a threat to you unless you give it attention and unless you give it credit and power mm -hmm. over you. I've had so many women say that no one's going to pay. Hello. I made multiple six figures as a happiness coach for years mm -hmm. before I niched down into like success with entrepreneurs. People pay for happy. People pay for healthy. People pay for better. Mm -hmm. And that's just the bottom line. And we see it in the multi, multi-million dollar beauty industry. We see it in everything that we spend money on. As long as we see value or hoped value, people will buy Mm -hmm. And people, and, and people want you as the one person that can deliver that to them. As, as long as they see you as that person that can help, mm -hmm. they want you to be the one for it. It's not just, I've had women come into my world too, and say things like, well, there's so many of me. I'm just like, <laughs> no. Diamond doesn't. there's so many of me, like so many, this kind of coach, this, this kind of entrepreneur, this kind of service-based human. And it's like, no, no, there are categories, right? Like there's many, many teachers, but aren't there reasons why we've had our favorite teachers over the course of our lives that we'll never mm -hmm. forget? Mm -hmm. And it's not because they're all the same. And it's not because they follow what they're supposed to teach in the curriculum. It's who they are and what they yeah. bring to that curriculum, what they bring to the lessons or the wisdom or the teachings. That's what sets you apart. And so when we dim our own light and try to fit into a mold of, well, if they charge this, so I guess I'll charge that. Or no one's going to pay this, so I guess I'll charge that all of a sudden we're losing our magic. That's mm -hmm. not what this is about. This is about you being more of you, building self-trust with you and letting the world figure out who's aligned for you and a match for you and who's not. Mm -hmm. And there's a coach or a service provider or anyone, there's someone for everyone. So don't worry about what someone's going to, what you've decided someone's going to pay or not pay. Mm -hmm. That's not actually up to you. Someone's going to pay you because they value you. Absolutely. Abs like amen. That was uh, an amazing <laughs> sermon. Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> okay, before we wrap up today's episode, 
you touched on a little bit around making business fun. And I really just want to go there. And I want to know, like for you personally, in your own life, in your own business design, stitch by stitch, what does it look like to make business fun? This is such a good question. And it's really timely too, because I was just thinking about this. Amazing. I'm going to be honest. In the winter, I live in New England, in the US. In the winter, life is just naturally a bit less fun. There's less life. There's less things going on. There's less things to look forward to just as a natural rhythm of the season. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more intentional and deliberate for you to create by design an amazing winter, a really fun, super fun winter. And I was just thinking about this because I was just feeling this way. I was like, gosh, for me and my business, it feels like such a fun, excited energy in the spring, summer, fall months. Mm. Why is that? And I was reflecting on that's because I'm having so much fun in those months. If this part of the country, it's like it's lighter and it's warmer mm. and we live right by the water and there's the sunsets and the ocean and there's just a lot of fun things to do. Mm -hmm. So summer and fall, my favorite seasons, it naturally feels like there's a current of fun in my business and life. December, the winter and February, March, these months feel different. And so mm. I was just reflecting on, ooh, I want to infuse more fun into my life because the more fun I feel in my life, the more fun the business is. Like it just goes hand in hand. How mm. I feel behind the scenes is what is how I feel in my work. Like it's just kind of one big thing. Yeah. So for winter fun, I was just thinking, how can I make it more fun? Like, what do I want to do? So I actually assigned myself a little exercise, which I'm going to be doing, which is to actually brainstorm a list of what are the things I love to do that can be fun for these months that the fun doesn't come as naturally. It needs to be more intentional or deliberate. Mm -hmm. What is that going to look like for me? And so I'm going to be making a list that just like free things, things at home, things out of the home, date nights, adventures with the family, just ways that we could feel like, and I could feel like one of my highest strengths is zest. So when I'm having fun, I feel way more full of zest as well. So it's like, mm. oh, there's a strength of mine that doesn't get highlighted as much in the winter. Wow. We need to have some more fun. So that's actually a path, a journey that I'm on right now behind the scenes is like getting more fun going in these kind of like darker, colder months. Wow. It's not so as easy. I love it. So it's more like for you, or I guess this, this current focus is around creating personal elements of fun and bringing more fun into your life personally, which then reflects into your business. And I so hear that, like we've, um, we're really lucky that Christmas time over here in New Zealand is summertime. So right now we're in summer and, um, I just had two weeks off over Christmas, new year break. And we went to the lake every couple of days. We took our dog swimming. We had a couple of boat days with friends. Like it was very fun. It was very free. We we had a lot of free, relaxed time writing. My partner and I actually just like hung out more. You know, it was really nice. And interesting, you've been reflecting because I was sitting there last night, I think being, we were, my partner and I were sat having dinner and we were both just like tight, you know, back at work, like really loving getting into work, but it's like quite demanding on your brain. And so we were both sat there last night eating dinner just in silence, like just enjoying the dinner. And I'm like, mm, like two weeks ago, this was so much more fun, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> because the, the difference is something so simple. We still made our dinner at home, but we went and took it down to the lake and we ate it in front of the lake and we, you know, played with the dog and the water and 
paddleboarding and things like that. So this simple element of bringing more fun into your life personally then does flow into your your day-to-day work and life. Is there anything in particular in your your business, like in your work day that you do to bring in more fun or that to you is fun? Might not be fun to everyone, you know, because everyone's different, got different skills and whatnot. But what for you inside the business is focused around fun? Well, I design my business all around fun. Like, so for me, everything I do, like the most part, like what I do client facing is so fun. Mm. So my favorite parts are calls, mm, live yeah. calls, supporting my clients in Voxer, the messaging app behind the scenes. If we don't have a live call that day, that's the most fun. So really me thinking through serving, mentoring, answering questions, giving some thoughts, wisdom, that's the most fun. Like mm. I can do that all day long. I love it. I love mm. popping in at Voxer. I love showing up on the live calls. So that's the most fun for me. The least fun is all the behind the scenes stuff, the logistics mm. of a business, right? <laughs> that's like the like, okay, it just kind of goes along with the whole package. But the fun stuff that I get excited to wake up for in the morning yeah. is, ooh, like what 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 lives are we changing today? Like mm. what's going to transform in front of me? Like who's going to ask for support or who's going to want some support with this or that? How is that going to look? How's that going to be? Like that excites me. It's almost like the days feel different every day, even mm-hmm. though the structure is very similar every day. So like, that's really interesting. How can they feel yeah. so different with the structure so similar, but also it's the possibility of a day, like every new day, I'm like, Ooh, who's it going to be? Like, who's going to have like a transformation today. So mm-hmm. that gets me so excited. I find that the most fun. Mm-hmm. I also think it's really fun. And this is a newer piece of my business. I feel like over the last couple of years, introducing Voxer in particular and witnessing the women in my mastermind, women in the groups that I create, interact, support, love on, share, like that's really rewarding too. Like to watch that it's not just waiting for Wendy's thoughts or, you know, advice on something, but it's also this kind of like living experience that women are feeling really integrated with each other. So in my mastermind in particular, it's like, it's just a beautiful thing to witness. And it feels again, not something I'm directly touching, mm-hmm. but feels so rewarding and meaningful. And I haven't even touched it. I haven't even, wow. in, you know, done anything with it. So those are the most fun parts. Mm-hmm. I just love, I love the interactions. I love the thinking. I love just like processing, figuring out and helping people transform. Like that's the coolest. I think really seeing that community form and it not being reliant on you every single day or every single week is so powerful. Like I've been part of communities that are very much community driven and, and self-starting around the conversation and the connection. And literally the the mental group that I'm a part of right now in my own professional development there's a few other people as part of the group, which this was never encouraged to us. So I'm really grateful that we've just naturally done this. You know, like we've got our own private DM conversations going on all the time, which is very motivating and very inspiring. And so that that community aspect and seeing everyone connecting together is super powerful. And so I can get how for you it's like, that brings so much fun seeing where they're at. And also then the transformations that come along with actually taking action on everything that they're learning, whether it's inside, you know, your course mastermind or um, group group coaching. That is so awesome. Um, Wendy, thank you. This has been an awesome episode. I genuinely feel like I could talk to you all day long. 
And I cannot wait to play back this episode because even, you know, just now as we've been talking, I've written so many notes, just like <laughs> light bulb moments, left, right, and center. So, so thank you. I'm very grateful that I have this platform to be able to, you know, meet incredible women like you and also selfishly learn. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. This I agree. I could talk to you forever. There's so many more things we can dive into. Yes. Maybe on another episode, we can do a chapter two. Definitely. Let's, let's yeah. make that happen. I love it. Thank yeah. you, Wendy. Thank you.